Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today as we get in the Word of God, talk about it, allow it to transform our lives, our motives, our values, our behavior, our relationship. Yes, the Word of God is all-encompassing. Many people make the mistake and think all that it talks about is only our relationship with Jesus, only our salvation. And that all the Bible talks about is how we get to heaven someday way off in the future. But the Bible has an awful lot to talk about right here on earth and how we live right now and, and how we can experience the benefits of this life even now. Of course, the greatest benefits are yet to come. But there's certainly benefits, and we are on the path of life. We're experiencing the abundant life now. This is what Jesus promised. And so we want to understand that. We want to live by it. We want to bring our life into conformity to the teaching and truth of Jesus Christ. The more we do that, the more blessed we'll be, both now and certainly in eternity. We're in the book of Philippians, and we've been looking at how Paul is calling for unity in the church, unity in our relationships. And the way you have that is by humbling yourself. Specifically, don't think so highly of yourself that you think life is to revolve around you, but rather consider or regard others more important than yourself and look out for their interest, not just your own, look out for their interest. Scope them out. Be on the lookout. Some people are so good at this. They just can't help but notice someone else has a need, and they want to step in and help. And that's a, that's a great spirit to have. This, I'll tell you, you're always going to have friends if you're a person like that. It's, it, it, people will always appreciate you if you're a problem solver, not only of your problems, but you help other people solve their problems. And indeed, I have noticed when you do that, yours tend to get solved as well. Somehow God steps in on your behalf. But we saw that the great motivation to live this way is Jesus Christ himself yesterday. And let's pick up where we were reading here from Philippians chapter 2, starting with verse 5. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bond servant and being found in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. Yesterday, we were seeing how if Jesus, who existed in the very form of God, he's the son of God, and he existed in the second person of the Trinity, if he could consider us more important than himself, which obviously he must have because he died for us. The greatest act of love you could ever have is to die for someone. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And if he would do that for us, he must have considered us important and valuable. And dear friend, can I say that we've got to clarify that though we are not worthy of the death of Christ, we're not deserving of that, we're not worthless. There's a difference here. You can never say you're 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 worthy of him dying for you, that you you lived in such a way that you earned it or deserved it. But you can say that in his estimation, he considered you to be worth giving his life for. You're important. You have value. You're significant. 
Jesus Christ, the Son of God, gave his life for you. And so this is what we appreciate about him. And because he did that, and he set this model for us, this example, it says of him that God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. I would say it's it's fair to say that no one has ever humbled himself more than did Jesus Christ, and no one has ever been, con- consequently, no one has ever been exalted as much as Jesus Christ was, exalted by God. Now, men didn't exalt him. While he was here on earth, they despised him. They looked down upon him. They they falsely accused him. They slandered him. They rejected him. Indeed, they crucified him. They hurled insults at him. They considered him to be worthless and 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 the lowest of the low. They uh, many people did, but in the estimation of God, his Father, he was highly exalted above every name that has ever been named. And throughout all of eternity, throughout all of eternity, there will be no one more highly exalted than Jesus Christ. And he is the supreme example for us. So today, we want to remind ourselves that when we humble ourselves, when we choose not to think so highly of ourselves that the world revolves around me, but we view ourselves as servants of God and servants of others. We put God first and others. We have this orientation of serving that God rewards that. God loves that. God blesses that. The spirit of humility is first seen in coming to coming to Christ for salvation. It starts by admitting, I can't save myself. I'm not good enough. I've fallen short. I humble myself and acknowledge my need of salvation. But this spirit, but God continues to desire the spirit of, of humility in how we have relationships and treat other people. The disciples were having to learn this lesson. They were on their way into Jerusalem. They were expecting Jesus was going to be exalted as a king, overthrow the King Herod, or become this great, you know, overthrow the Romans and Herod and, and establish his messianic kingdom. And so on the way into Jerusalem, uh, it's hard to believe, but James and John, their mom, asked a question. Hey, Jesus, um, when you come in your kingdom, what do you think about my two boys, James and John, sitting at your right hand and left hand up out there on your throne with you? I mean, from our perspective, folks, from our perspective, we just say, I can't imagine someone asking that of Jesus uh, and thinking that that would be what what we ought to be aspiring for. But they weren't getting it yet. They didn't have the benefit of reading the whole old whole New Testament all at once. And so uh, Jesus said, do you know what you're asking for? Well, I think so. Well, I don't know if you do, because I'm about to go die. I'm about to go be crucified on the cross. So are you, are you willing to face what I'm facing? They didn't know what they were saying. Well, sure, we can do what you're doing. They kind of had a false confidence. But Jesus said, okay, then you will. But whoever's going to sit on my right hand and my left, that's not for me to give. That's up to my father. He's the one who exalts people. Well, the other disciples, they got indignant about this, and rightly so. They said, wait a minute, well, there's 12 of us here, and you guys are trying to ditch in front of the line and get to the top spot in the pecking order. And so they were uh, indignant towards that. And Jesus' response went like this. 
You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. It is not this way among you, but whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. This is such a foundational teaching about life, about ambition, about leadership. Jesus said that if you want to be great in his kingdom, it's different than greatness in the world. Greatness in the world is how many people do I get serving me? Greatness in the kingdom, it's topsy-turvy. It's setting it up right. It's, it's who can I serve? Who can I benefit? Who can I bless? Who can I love? Who can I help? Who can, whose life can I make better? Who can I, who can I make a better person? I am here to serve. I'm not here to get to the top. I'm here to serve. And this is very, very important. I want to encourage you that leadership in the kingdom of God is not about you. It's learning to be about others. Now, remember, you say, well, God hasn't called you to be a leader. Well, sure he has. Sure he has. Everywhere, everywhere you go, you're called to be the light of the world. You're called to make disciples. You're a leader in your family, of your children. You'll, one, if you don't have them now, one day you'll be a leader of your children. You'll be a leader of, of people will look to you. If you're not a leader, it's because you're not on the ball yet. You need to be realizing that you're an, a leader is simply someone who has followers. A leader is someone simply people look up to you. doesn't mean you have to have the title of a leader. That's what he's saying. You don't need the title. You need to be a servant. You need to care about others. That's all. That's what's needed to be in great in God's kingdom. In the world, they want titles and accolades and, and honors and so forth. In God's kingdom, it's about what you do. And it's about, you might have all kinds of people following you with no title because you serve and you care and you love people. Now, I must say, how did Jesus exercise leadership? Because the, the, our, our devil's, the devil's cunning. Our enemy's cunning. And sometimes he will, as we try and be humble and not become the, the, you know, the king of the hill, um, we can develop a sense of humility that means to say, I just need to sit around and be quiet and do nothing and shuffle my feet and look at the ground and hang my head and, and, and think I'm a nobody and a nothing. And that's not necessarily humility. Years ago, someone said, I've never forgotten it said, humility isn't thinking too highly of myself, and it's not thinking too lowly of myself. It's just not thinking about myself. It's learning to think about others. I think that's true. I had a friend, a friend once challenged me years ago. He said he thought I had a wrong view of humility. And, and I think this is what he was getting at. Humility embraces the way God has made you, and it takes the gifts and the talents and the resources that you have, and it uses them dare I even say aggressively, but for the benefit of God and others. It doesn't mean that you hide your gifts and your talents and your strengths out. Go, go, don't do them. Think you're nobody. You have nothing to add. So you sit there quietly and, and, and don't ever do anything. Rather, if you're a humble person, you'll have a lot to add. You'll have a lot to contribute. You have a lot to say because, because you have been given grace by God but you're not doing it to be noticed yourself. You're doing it to be a blessing to others. 
This is important. If you There's people who are proud and they get to the top by being proud, arrogant, self-centered, self-promoting. That's We don't want that. But also the opposite is not what we want, and that is I don't think I have anything to add in this world. Friends, you have a lot to add. You have a lot to contribute. You have a lot to say. But you say it not so that you get recognition. You're saying it to serve and benefit others. This is so important. It gets to your motive. And if you have that motive and you understand how God has gifted you and given you abilities, go for it. Go for it. Serve others. Share with others. Benefit others. And and if your motive is not right and if there's pride in there, God knows how to humble you. That's the good news. God knows how to humble the proud. So serve him and serve others as much as you can and trust God to help you have a good heart in it. And if not, he'll show you. He won't condemn you. He won't crush you. He'll show you. Finally, verse we want to say here is 1 Peter 5, 5 and 6. You younger men, likewise, be subject to your elders in all, in all you do. Clothe yourself with humility toward one another, for God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, hum yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time. This is what we want to think of. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and God will exalt you. Again, that doesn't mean you do nothing. Jesus, when his time came, he was a humble man. He was humble when he cleansed the temple. He was humble when he reproved the Pharisees. He was humble when he called men to follow him and become fishers of men. These were acts of humility that others might say, wow, you think everything revolves around you. But Jesus was humble. He, came, he was a leader. He recognized that. He embraced how God had created him. He embraced his role even when it meant he would die on the cross. Let's pray about it, shall we? Father, we humble ourselves under your mighty hand. We acknowledge our need. We, we, we've already acknowledged our need of, of Christ dying for us to be saved but we acknowledge our need of you for every breath we take, every thought we have. We have nothing that you haven't given us. We are nothing without you, without your grace. we, We can do nothing without your strength. We thank you that the Holy Spirit lives in us to empower us. I pray, Father, that you would help us to always have a spirit of humility to serve and bless other people. Help it not all be about us and us being the center of everything. And yet, Lord, if you've given us abilities and gifts and wisdom, I pray we'd not hold back in the name of humility and have a false humility that doesn't doesn't care for others the way we could. Help us, Lord, to understand how to be both humble and, and aggressive in serving at the same time. Give us your wisdom. Purify our hearts, Lord. Sometimes we don't even understand our own motives. And so we ask you to be clarifying, and we ask you to be purifying. And Lord, as we seek to serve, if our motives are incorrect and false, we thank you that you will bring us to a place of discipline out of great love for us, not out of anger, but out of your love for us. We bless you, and we thank you, and we give you praise. We give you this day to glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Hey, this is the way to the top, friends. This is the way. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be great. Just make sure you're wanting great in God's kingdom and God's way, not man's kingdom, man's way. They're opposites. But God, if God may put that in you, and God may use you in wonderful ways. 
And I pray it does. I pray God will raise up from this channel real champions, people who have a great influence, people who have a, a mighty, mighty influence in the lives of, of both quality of people and quantity. And if that's the case, go for it. Just stay humble in the process and let God fill you. Hey, so glad to have you along. If you're new, welcome. I hope you'll subscribe to the channel. Tell your friends, post on your social media, like the video on your way out. All these things help us get a good uh, algorithm on the page. So I appreciate you. If you come here live in the morning, participate in the chat out of the, my peripheral vision. I see it's quite active this morning. Uh, but if you can't make that, you can watch later in the day on the YouTube, or even if you can't watch, then listen on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platforms. Just search for Tom the Preacher. So glad to have you along. God bless you. You have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.